It's that time of year again. Yes, folks, winter is finally setting its teeth into the northern hemisphere in earnest, and it's getting colder and colder with each passing day. This season can be pretty rough for non-Arctic mammals, so us humans like to throw parties to chase away the darkness of the season for just a couple days. And what better day to throw one of the biggest parties of the year than the longest night of the year? Coming on December 21st is the winter solstice, the official shortest day of the year. It's a special day for many people throughout the world, such as Wiccans. And it's very close to one of the most important Christian holidays, Christmas, and one day after the end of Hanukkah, one of the most important Jewish holidays. It's a special time of year when people from all different races, walks of life, and religions gather together to huddle for warmth against the encroaching darkness and cold and against all the horrors those bring. Hello listeners, and welcome to Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate is a bi-weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. We'll take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try to sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. So last year we covered some of the creatures that directly connect to winter festivities, such as the Yule Cat and Labafana. But what about those monsters that just can't resist a good party? With all the holiday cheer going around, you're bound to attract some holiday fear. Just ask the Kalkansaroi. The Kalkansaroi is a catch-all Greek term, kind of like gnomes or goblins in English, to refer to a group of otherworldly beings that take their job so seriously they only get 12 days of vacation a year. You see the Kalkansaroi, in a somewhat beautiful moment of species-wide solidarity, have decided that despite all their differences, they can all agree on one thing. The world tree has to go. You see, just like Yggdrasil in Norse mythology, the Greek also have a world tree that ties the earth, the heavens, and the underworld together. The tree of life, or world tree motif, like dragons, is actually found throughout a wide variety of cultures across the world. And, just in like many other mythologies, the collapse of the world tree would mean the end of the mortal world. And so the Kalkansaroi, just because things are like that sometimes, all spend their working year trying their very best to chop down the world tree and put an end to all life as we know it. And they almost succeed, too. According to most traditions, the Kalkansaroi are always just at the final part they need to saw to collapse the tree, when something unusual happens. Starting on December 25th and ending January 6th, the sun stops moving. Not literally, of course, but from the winter solstice to about almost two weeks after, it was believed that the sun did not change position in the sky. We now know that after the winter solstice, the darkest day of the year, the daylight hours do start to increase gradually every day. But it takes a while to see those gradual increases stack up into an actual meaningful difference. So for most of history, from the time of the winter solstice until about two weeks after, the darkest part of the year, when the sun stands still, it was believed that monsters, witches, demons, and all creatures of darkness were also having a special celebration, and that creatures not normally allowed to come to the world of mortals had special reprieve. Creatures such as the Kalkansaroi. 
And so, the host of Kalkansaroy would put down their giant world tree cutting saw and go up to party in the world of the mortals for 12 days of mischief. Despite their designs to end the world, the Kalkansaroy are not actually exceptionally evil, but more impish, kind of like the gremlins in the movie Gremlins. And so during their vacation to the world of mortals, they would do things like go into houses and trash the place. Or in Serbian folklore, find people who are out after dark and jump on the person's back and demand they be carried wherever they wanted. Now, disclaimer, they do get slightly more scary in Turkish folklore, as apparently the favorite pastime of Turkish Kalkantaroy, or Karakan Kolos, is standing on dark street corners and imitating the voices of your loved ones. During the unbaptized days, or the aforementioned roughly two weeks of darkness, some Karan Kankolos like standing in on dark street corners and asking passerby a series of seemingly innocuous questions. If you choose to answer, though, and you answer with anything other than the word black for each question, the Karan Kankolos might just decide to kill you. Some of them go for a little more subtlety and call to people walking around at night using the voices of their loved ones. If the person unfortunate enough to hear their loved ones calling from the darkness didn't happen to have a friend or a loved one nearby, they ran the very real chance of freezing to death while they searched through the dark, cold night for the source of the voice. So by now you're probably wondering, Okay, so how do I prevent these monsters from crashing my holiday party? Well, uh, that is a good question, and it's both easy and hard to answer. Partly because, yes, there are some easy ways to make sure the Kalkantaroi don't break into your house. But are you sure there isn't one already inside? Do you know anyone that was born Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or the 12 days after? How about werewolves? Do you know any natural-born werewolves? Let me explain by backing up a little and going over why it may be possible that a Kalkantaroi may already be in your home slash invited to your Christmas party. As I mentioned before, Kalkantaroi is kind of a catch-all term. Like fairy, Kalkantaroi, like people, come in all shapes and sizes. The Turkish Karan Konkolos are described as humanoid, but squat, and with thick fur. Serbian Karakon Zola are also usually squat and heavy, but sometimes are also described with animal body parts, and as being exceptionally ugly, which rude. The description for Greek Kalkansaroi ranges from tall, black and hairy, with burning red eyes, goats or donkey ears, and monkey arms, to dog-like faces, to small black creatures that are humanoid apart from their long black tails, and are said to resemble little black devils. And well, we all know someone who matches at least one of those descriptors. The second problem is that if you've invited anyone born on Christmas Eve, Christmas, or the 12 days after, whether or not they are human now, there's a higher than normal chance that they could turn into a Kalkansaroi. Pre-Christian tradition held that this was because this time of year was a special time for monsters, and so being born in the time of monsters you stood to a higher than probable chance of turning into a monster. But after the Christianization of the cultures of this part of the world, it became because Christmas through Epiphany was for Jesus, 
and it was seen as an insult to be born during his special day, and effectively crash his party. There were ways of trying to prevent this from happening, such as binding the newborn baby in tresses of garlic or straw, or singeing the baby's toenails. But the problem was, the changes wouldn't even possibly start until puberty slash adulthood, and they could happen at any time after that period, so you just didn't know. Go ahead, if you know anyone who was born during this time period, invite them to your holiday party. Just ask their mother to singe their toenails first. Now you might be asking, okay, fine, but what was that part about werewolves? Well, back before monsters started being sorted into more specific categories, werewolves were kind of in a weird liminal space. No one was quite sure how werewolves operated. An example being that in ancient Greece, it was thought that if a werewolf's body was not destroyed after it was killed, the corpse would just become a vampire. So it's probably not too surprising to you that the Calcanceroi, especially the hairy, dog-like ones, eventually also became associated with werewolves. And when the Calcanceroi eventually began to fade from public consciousness, the werewolves stayed. The belief became that someone born during the time period between Christmas Eve and Epiphany had a higher than normal chance of becoming a werewolf in their teens. A sort of... teen wolf, if you will. This belief was especially prevalent in Italy, Germany, and Poland. And according to one 15th century Swedish cleric, Olas Magnus, in Prussia and Lithuania, these born werewolves would get together to have a party on Christmas night. I guess kind of a group birthday party. And then, and I quote, issued forth to rage with wondrous ferocity against human beings. For when a human habitation has been detected by them isolated in the woods, they besiege it with atrocity, striving to break in the doors, and in the event of doing so, they devour all human beings and every animal which is found within. So, if you're inviting a werewolf, make sure you have plenty of snacks. Luckily, barring any werewolves or calcanceroi you've already accidentally invited, keeping the rest out is fairly simple, and there are several methods you can choose from. Method one is to just leave a large log, a yule log if you will, burning in your fireplace from December 24th to January 6th. These creatures can't get down your chimney if there's always a fire going in the fireplace below. And this method also conveniently doubles as protection against jolly prowlers, especially those dressed in red and white. Method two is to just leave a colander on your doorstep. Kalkansoroi, like vampires, are obligated to count things, but they have an unfortunate limitation. They can't count past the number two, because three is a holy number, and saying it out loud would kill them. And so when they find something with a lot of holes, like, say, a colander, they have to stop and count the holes. But they always have to start over after reaching two. The downside of this method is that I also hate math and counting, and so if you leave a colander on your doorstep for me to count, I won't come to your party either. The last method of keeping these creatures away is actually something that's still common in Greece today. Step one, find a wooden bowl. Step two, fill it with a little water and suspend a wire across the rim. Step three, 
hang a sprig of basil wrapped around a wooden cross from the wire. Then, once a day, dip the cross and the basil into some holy water and use it to sprinkle water in each room of the house. For obvious reasons, the Calcanceroi don't like holy water. Plus, who doesn't like a little extra humidity in winter? Luckily, even if all these methods fail, and these little creatures do break into your house, they have to leave by January 6th, because the sun goes back to moving again. And with the moving of the sun, the seasons tip back into the court of spring again. So don't worry, the darkness won't be forever. And also, guess what? While the Kalyansaroi were off partying, the world tree had a chance to grow back again. And so not only do they have to go back to their job in the underworld, and find their work exactly where they started, but the world is safe yet again. Happy holidays, everyone. If you liked this episode, feel free to trash the show notes to find more stories. Intro and outro music, as well as musical score, are done by probable werewolf Scott Ethington. Howl along to more of his music at Bazooka Raccoon on SoundCloud.com. I also wanted to let you know that I'm going to try to release the next episode January 1st. But with traveling for the holidays, it may not happen. If that ends up being the case, don't worry. I'll have something very special for you when I get back. Finally, if you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, or consider donating to our Patreon. Every little bit helps, and more support means I'm more motivated to do the best job I can to bring you more monsters. Thank you for listening, and remember, anyone can be a monster.